This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Radio Techers. sound more upbeat to you than, than than the norm it sounded amazing <laughs> it, it did it did um well i'm of course the texas gentleman tanner pruitt and along with me here my good friend and co-host the hardest working man in all of podcasting mags mags how are you doing this evening yeah i'm doing really really good it's a, a sad day for football after after the news today but yeah, a lot of interesting Champions League results as well to go through. We do have a lot of interesting Champions League results. Uh, we are, of course, uh, going to be diving down into those here on this episode of Radio Techers. Uh, and uh, we have a lot more to talk about in terms of uh, the news that you've you've just brought up. Uh, but uh, before we get into it, I invite everybody to li- uh, that's listening or, uh, or viewing this here on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button uh, on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Uh, and uh, and share it with the family member. Share share with uh, somebody else. That's that's what Thanksgiving is all about, folks. Thanksgiving is tomorrow for those here in the states. Uh, sh- share this joy with family and friends this evening. Uh, make sure some you tell somebody about Radio Tackers. Um, with that, Mags, uh, let's get into uh, today's uh, top story. <laughs> Burnley wins their first game of the Premier League. <laughs> no, of, of course. Uh, I mean, I will. I will ask you about that, Mags. Um, <laughs> but but yes, the the top story uh, today: uh, Diego Maradona, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, quite the controversial figure in in football. Um, on a global stage, I don't think that there's really anybody like him uh in terms of world sport um obviously tributes have been pouring out uh left and right all day from multitudes of uh, multitude of different media and sports outlets um mags when i when i talk about uh or when i say the name diego maradona uh, what what first comes to mind for you well, being English and uh, suffering uh, directly from the hands of, uh, literally from the hands of Maradona, um, obviously the first thing is the, the, the hand of God incident. Um, mm. But taking that out, I mean, that's only a, a very small kind of facet of his career. For me, it's just the the way he was just unplayable, the way he just had the vision of being five, ten seconds ahead of everyone, like the ball was glued to his feet. He could dribble past ten players on his own and still 
uh, end up uh, with a with a great goal. It was just a once in a generation talent, and the the football world is a darker place with, without him in it. Uh, it takes a massive massive character to outshine Lionel Messi as the best uh, footballer that Argentina has ever produced. Uh, but I think handler Diego Maradona is, is that kind of player. He's just absolutely phenomenal. And it's such a shame that he's uh, he's been taken so early from us. Well, and and I think that uh, this is this is a bit unique here, uh, being that we're on a a large sports platform that uh, that covers a diverse range of sports. Obviously, uh, you've got uh, your show, Five Rounds, that that's on and covers MMA coverage. Uh, I do Headlock Talk, which covers pro wrestling. Uh, you you've got guys like Tony and Cam and Fenton and everybody who who covers a very wide, diverse range of sports. Um, I, I don't think it's hyperbole, however, uh, to say that Diego Maradona is perhaps, uh, you know, on an international stage, a larger figure than maybe, uh, a, a, this would be larger than a Michael Jordan or a, um, or, or even like, a. it would be like if, if, if you had Michael Jordan's skill set, skill level, his dedication, uh, it mixed with maybe the 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 infamy and the charisma of maybe a Conor McGregor and maybe a few of the little bad habits as well. Uh, <laughs> this would be what you get out of uh, somebody like uh, Diego Maradona. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's almost like a figure cut out of uh, of a movie. Yeah. It, it, it's- it's it's not often you get the sports stars who are able to transcend uh, the sport that they're in. And if you said the name Diego Maradona to anybody who who has zero interest in football, they would know exactly who you're on about. And that's kind of the, the figure that he created. I mean, this is a guy who took a, a very unfashionable and very kind of mid-table team in Napoli and made them world beaters. He's the kind of guy who, who took a country like Argentina who, who were floundering in the shadow of Brazil and made them to be one of the most dominant teams in the world. Yeah, he's... he's, he's, he's um, his passion for football and the, the the skill and everything he brought to the game can't be uh, overstated for me. It's just it's a sad, sad loss for football. Mm. It's it's in, and it's a unique loss. Um, I I feel like because in football lore, obviously in modern times we've got the likes of Lionel Messi, as you had mentioned earlier, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo. These are these these uh, I guess personalities that we've had in the in the 21st century, right? Um, but before before that, you, you had Diego Maradona, who um, uh, is like this perfect bridge. I, I heard this earlier, and I thought it was brilliant. This he's like this perfect bridge between, you know, the Ronaldo Ronaldo and Messi era, and you know Pele, you know the black and white, you know footage era uh, of football. He he's, he's he kind of rests in the middle of those uh, those places. But there's like, uh, there's this fine balance and dichotomy of Diego Maradona uh, from like this joyous, brilliant kind of person. If 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 Pele was uh, you know Leonardo da Vinci, you know then then you know uh, Maradona would perhaps be like a like a Michelangelo type character, uh, somebody who is very much a, an artist in all facets. Uh, but also somebody who um, there there was very much a dark side. Um, you know, if you're if you look into his personal life, I mean, I mean, obviously there's so many things that you can look into about his personal life and read into it, which is uh, shocking in parts. Uh, you know, um, uncomfortable, um, but um, but at the same time, just the sheer brilliance that he displayed on the pitch is something to behold as well. It's, it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy. Yeah, he, for me, he was always kind of the first football rock star. He lived hard, uh, he played hard, and unfortunately, it, 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 it took him away too soon. It would, have been, uh, it would have been a very interesting to see if he could translate that, um, that football knowledge and that football brain into uh, 
successful management, but unfortunately, he wasn't quite able to do that. But the the fact is, he's he's an absolute legend in Argentina. He's, he's almost uh, at the levels of a god in Argentina. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's it's a hard hit for 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 those. And I, I'm so sorry for for his loved ones and his family. No, of course, and 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 I am too. And I think I think that that stands for both of us here at, uh, over at Radio Techers. That our our, our thoughts and sentiments go out to uh, to his family and 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 everyone that uh, was touched uh, by Diego Maradona. And, and like you said, it's 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 almost strange. Like you know, it, it, here in the states, you know, if you had like a. Um, like a like a religious tapestry or or something like that in dedication or an enshrinement to like Michael Jordan you know you that'd be very strange you you would <laughs> you would not see that you probably wouldn't see it in England either um but i mean if you go into Naples in Italy or you go into the you know Buenos Aires it's not uh it's certainly not out of the question that you might see some kind of um a religious shrine to Diego Maradona, which is, uh, is it's it's in parts bizarre, but also like you know almost endearing. is It's it's very strange, um, but uh, yeah, the world lost a, a great talent today in Diego Maradona. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do wish that, uh, like you said, that maybe he had translated that brilliance into a proper management career. But I think that that's uh, again, I, th- I think that's maybe part of it is that he his brilliance just. It's it's hard to translate uh, it from from his brain to his feet to his mouth yeah. and try to teach that to somebody. Yeah. He, sometimes you just can't impart that kind of knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Uh, kind of almost like George Best in a way where he mm. you can you can't really explain how they were so good at what they did, but they were head and shoulders above everybody around them at that time and. Yeah, it was a, it's a dark day. Well, um, I, I'll stop bringing it up because I know that uh, it, it only saddens <laughs> us. But yes, I would recommend uh, if anybody who's unfamiliar with Diego Maradona uh, that you check out maybe some YouTube clips. There's a lot of great stuff out there. You can actually see the entire 1986 World Cup uh, game of Argentina versus England. Mags grimaces and sighs. <laughs> I mean, he will always be known in Britain for uh, in England for the hand of God, but yeah. A, a lot of times it gets it kind of gets uh, overlooked how how his uh, his other goal in that game he absolutely yeah. rips England to pieces and and there's a uh, there's a part of uh, of his uh, dribble where he's just like a prancing gazelle just weaving his way through the defence yeah it's it's just the the very best and the very worst of uh, of Maradona in in one game and yeah he, he absolutely destroyed England and. If you want to see uh, Maradona at his best, there's probably no better game than that to watch. Well, yeah, and, and and I think that I'm glad that you brought that up, and we'll move on after this, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that that is the perfect game that exemplifies not only Argentina at that time, but, but Maradona at that time because mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, you have the ruthless, almost the, the cheat, the thief, the this this liar in, in Maradona, but also the sheer brilliance and artistry that he could also put on at the same time with just his 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 power and technique and 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 mastery uh, of of his skills. You get that in literally a five minute span of time from mm-hmm. him with the hand of God. You know, he, <laughs> the, the the ball going in. He said that he didn't touch it. He didn't hit it with his hand. <laughs> hand of God did it. You know, uh, and and then at the same time, this masterful goal that uh, will will never be replicated uh, ever. Uh, no matter how many times you know you have Messi or Ronaldo compared to him, you know, I mean, that was probably the most brilliant goal in World Cup history. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have a friend uh, who uh, is from Argentina, a friend who I went to school with, and uh, uh, I, I know firsthand from him how much Diego Maradona means to the people of Argentina. So yes, uh, as you've said countless times here, Mags, and I'll, I'll get off the soapbox finally. Um, yeah, the world lost a, a, a truly special footballer today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let's move on uh, to uh, uh, to today's results here. Champions League, I guess today's and yesterday's, Mags. Um, today's got uh, a lot of fun games. Yesterday did, too, uh, in the Champions League. Um, we had... Da, 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 uh, well, where do you want to start, Mags? Because, I mean, we, I guess the first game that happened yesterday was Chelsea versus uh, Wren. Chelsea beats Wren uh, right at the death. Um, it, it looked like Wren had come back to, to uh, secure a draw against Chelsea, finally tied uh, things up 1-1, um, and uh, Olivier Giroud came off uh, the bench and uh, secured one uh, for Chelsea, it seems, uh, secured a victory 2-1. Uh, yeah, and uh, it was a very uh, much more even game than than the first one uh, mm-hmm. uh, against these two. And um, Mende came to Chelsea's rescue quite a few times in in the game, but there were there were a lot of squeaky bums when uh, Garassi scored the equaliser with five minutes ago. But the guy who's uh, who's really pushing for for a place, uh, Giroud. Um, Made a, came out and made a statement about not getting enough game time and kind of considering his future. And he's the one who, who ultimately scores the goal that puts Chelsea through to the knockouts. And, yeah, um, you ride your luck sometimes and, and you get away with it. And, and Chelsea seem to have, have done this with, with this game. Uh, and congratulations to him for, for going through so quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you, you did also have... Uh, uh... Let's see here. Manchester United four, uh, Istanbul one. Um, I I didn't expect Manchester United to smash Istanbul this clinically, but they they absolutely did. A lot of that off the back of Bruno Fernandez, who uh, he he sacrificed his chance at a hat trick and and to score a, a, a one of your favorite penalties of all time, Mags. He 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 had a, he forwent. Uh, he, he chose to forego that chance to that. score a penalty. I hate that penalty so much. <laughs> with with all my heart, I hate that the way he takes a penalty. Uh, but this Man United, they like Jekyll and Hyde. They really, really are. You you don't know which kind of Man United are going to turn up. Uh, mm-hmm. And thankfully, in this one, we got the Man United that's absolutely dominant and pulling all the strings were um, were Bruno Fernandes and, and Donny van der Beek. They, those two in the middle of the park were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Bruno Fernandes turned down the hat-trick for the penalty, but he could have by rights had a, had a penalty, uh, could have uh, had a hat-trick anyway because he, he, he was just firing shots off left, right and centre. Um, mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a... A time where we we kind of got worried that uh, it's uh, it's we're going to make a comeback, but uh, David de Gea pulling out some uh, some great shots, and then uh, Dan James at the end with a goal, really desperately needed a goal to kind of boost his uh, boost his uh, his own self confidence, and yeah, um, um, this was an amazing performance by by Man United, and hopefully they can translate this into some league performances. Well. <laughs> For fear of this actually coming true, and for me having to beg this question yet again in the future, all right, uh, has Manchester United, uh, has Manchester United finally found the proper formula to 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 win this game or to 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 to, to progress to make any kind of real adjustments? We say this every time they have a brilliant performance in Europe, and we think <laughs> this is Man United turning the corner, and then they make absolute fools of us in the next game when they when they get absolutely bitch slapped. Uh, hopefully, I mean th- this my this Man United team played so confidently; uh, they just took the game straight from Basic uh, years and and if this can translate to Premier League games at this. There's no struggle here for for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think we'll get a Man United team that that can climb that table quickly and, and hopefully be challenging for Europe again uh, at the end of the season. But it's doing that. It's easy to say the words that yes, this is my, this Man United performance is is the is the kind of change in their season. But the, we all know, come, yeah, <laughs> we all know. Come the weekend, they absolutely might flop again. Um, yeah. But yeah, going off this performance though, it was it was superb. I thought that there wasn't really even a weak link in the Man United squad. Even Cavani, who uh, who uh, started the game, really played well. Um, 
yeah, it was a great performance, and hopefully they can transfer it on to to, to league success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let, let's wait and see. Uh, I I certainly don't hope that for obvious reasons, but <laughs> uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, let me see here. Elsewhere, more Premier League centric. I guess we can. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll well. But do you, do you want do you want to what do you want to do first, Max? Do you want to do more of the Premier League teams, or would you rather do some more of the? Uh... No, let, let's get all the Premier League teams out of the way. Okay, well let's let's do it then. Uh, <laughs> er, earlier today, Olympiacos uh, uh, over in Greece, uh, they had played Manchester City. Phil Foden scoring the lone winner, uh, lone goal here, thirty six minutes uh, for Manchester City. Uh, again, this is would be a. Um, uh, this this is more of Pep Guardiola's uh, Arsene Wenger side, it seems, than it is his more traditional calling as <laughs> far as a uh, uh, beautiful football, racking up goals, you know that kind of thing. This this seemed more in vain with what you would see with an old, you know, Arsene Wenger type uh, team from Arsenal. Yeah, I mean this this um, Man City team were so dominant in this game. Uh, 22 shots uh, to two. Uh, they had 11 on target uh, to Olympiacos. Didn't have any shots on target. Uh, it's just, the scoreline very much flatters Olympiacos on this because Manchester City mm-hmm. were were really really dominant. It's just getting the ball over the line and uh, the the goalkeeper Jose Saw had a had a really outstanding game. Uh, but this was. The Phil Foden show, he absolutely uh, dominated play. Uh, everything that was interesting went through him. The cutback for, for his goal uh, was a well-worked uh, kind of three-way play for, for Manchester City with, um, I think it was Sterling with the back heel, uh, mm-hmm. straight into the path of Foden for the goal. Um, the City absolutely deserved it. They'll probably be kicking themselves that they couldn't kind of uh, put more of um, uh, emphasis on the, on the win, but three points is... Yeah, yeah. Three points, and it was a. Uh, Magsy there? Oh, okay. There you go. I, I thought <laughs> I lost you there for a minute. <laughs> no. I, yeah, it was just a, a city really dominant and probably deserved one or two more goals, but three mm-hmm. points is definitely three points. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. What. what? What do you make of, of Phil Foden? He cuts a bit of a, a controversial figure himself. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have said that he needs to be more mature off the off the field with some of his antics that he's gotten into recently. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of pressure has also been placed on him to kind of replicate David Silva, uh, which yeah. that's a tall order to ask of somebody uh, you know uh, who's just 19 years old. You're asking him to be. Uh, you know, in the mold of a club legend, uh, somebody who only left the club this season. Um, I, I feel like Phil Foden, um, he, he's a really, really good player, but uh, do, do City ask too much of him? Um, I think he, he probably asked too much of himself and the fans asked for too much of him. Um, he has had uh, his issues with a kind of, uh, dealing with the the trappings of football fame, uh, but I think what's actually helped him this season is the how well Farron Torres has, has played and kind of like took the that that focus off Phil Ford and, and he's allowed mm-hmm. been al- allowed to just play at his own pace and 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 kind of be out of the spotlight and I think that's why he's, he's starting to sh- uh, shine more when the pressure's not on you as much and the focus isn't on you uh, you can get on on with your own game and he, and he's really proving that um, so this could be kind of like the the big breakout season for Phil Phil Ford and. Well, and we did also see a uh, a rare sighting here this, uh, uh, so far this season of uh, of Sergio Aguero, um, who uh, who returned uh, today, uh, and uh, he he put on a fine, a decent performance here. Uh, are City bolstered any by? This is a st- stupid question, but are they bolstered <laughs> by Sergio Aguero? Uh, coming back, or or do you think that maybe hampers them a little bit, and you know, with them getting more used to playing with Gabriel Jesus or Ferran Torres? No, I think they City have been 
calling out for for Aguero to come back. Uh, as much as uh, Jesus has, has been dominant for Brazil, he's just not been able to translate that into uh, into league and and Champions League form uh, for City. And he's he's kind of really struggled to get on the score sheet. We've also seen uh, Sterling's performances, uh, not in terms of output, but in terms of getting on the goals, kind of drop compared to to last season. So uh, City are, do look like a team who who are kind of like struggling up front and Aguero is someone who you can rely on to to get the goals and yeah, if, if there's a time that City need him, it, it is now. Yeah, I, I would uh, say if you are a City fan, uh, the sight of uh, Sergio Aguero uh, making it back to the pitch is certainly well welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um also today, uh, more Premier League centric as far as the champions, champ, champions, champions league is concerned. Uh, Liverpool uh, nil, Atalanta two. Um, the 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 mighty Reds of Liverpool fell uh, at home here to Atalanta, uh, which is not too unusual. Uh, I mean, considering that uh, Liverpool have had a little bit of a historically a they, tough time against. Here uh, they come, guys. Here's the excuses. No, I'm just saying, like they've had tough times against uh, Italian teams historically, and uh, they, let's Jurgen Klopp. Let's be perfectly clear; he he did feel pretty much uh, both. Strangely enough, his rotational squad as well as his starting eleven, <laughs> which is a little bit strange. Um, obviously, Curtis Jones would not normally be starting. Uh, Nico Williams would not normally be starting. Reese Williams would not normally be starting. Simikas. Uh, I mean, he would not normally be starting. Uh, Devok Origi would not normally be starting, but here we are, Mags. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a, a very weakened uh, Liverpool team. Uh, a lot of players playing not in, not particularly in their favoured position, uh, and and Atalanta took took advantage of it. And Liverpool yeah. for the for the first time uh, in in recent memory weren't able to even get a shot on target, which is quite shocking for Liverpool, especially at home. Um, but it's it's a game that you can afford to lose and still still go through. Uh, I think the good thing for Liverpool is that there's no injuries come out of this game, uh, <laughs> which has been yeah. the, the bane of Liverpool's football recently. Uh, but that, that's, I thought that's the real win here, Mags. That's the real victory. Is that there's not any injuries <laughs> uh, coming out of this post game? <laughs> but I, th- I thought. Um, the the three forward players of uh, Ilicic, uh, uh, Goosens and Gomez were absolutely super for Atalanta. Um, mm-hmm. So they they fully deserved the win. Um, and yeah, it looks like they'll be trying to claw their way through in second place behind Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Well, and Gomez, obviously, I mean, him being uh, from, from Argentina as well, I mean, I'm sure it was a very emotional day for him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and he and he put on a, a very much a, a worthy performance. Um, he, uh, it, 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 I mean, I have like I said, nothing against Atlanta. I I root for them as a neutral uh, whenever I watch Syria. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a a Liverpool team that Jurgen Klopp was very comfortable and and allowing to rotate, but also. I mean, he, he he tried to put on the most competitive squad that he could. Um, obviously, when you sub on the likes of Fabinho, Robertson, and uh, <laughs> uh, Jota, and, 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 and Firmino on as four substitutes, and then later on you, you sub in Minamino, yeah, I mean, you could have obviously put on a, a stronger uh, unit than that to start off, but... Um, I think this was very much a strategic game on Klopp's part. Uh, he he figures that if he can take a loss here, rotate for the Premier League, and then maybe later on seal qualification over Ajax or mm-hmm. Michelin, then that's what he'll. I guess he's willing to do that. He's willing to make that little bit of a little bit of change there to try and yeah, and, and some of the and, more senior players. And the fact is that Liverpool have a, an early start on on Saturday as well, so uh, 
the players will need recovery time, so he's had to kind of juggle an already kind of weakened squad with with the uh, with the high profile injuries that Liverpool have got. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta did what what they needed to do and kind of capitalised on on all these kind of issues that Liverpool are having and, and picked up the victory. Well, and and part and parcel with maybe some of the Manchester City coverage that we just talked about as well against Olympiacos, because we all know how busy Manchester City's schedule is as well. Um, more and more arguments have been made recently in the Premier League that they need to be implementing the five substitutes rule that the rest of mm-hmm. Europe seems to have implemented, yeah. uh, with both Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola being kind of the spearheads uh, for this this argument, saying that it's not about who has you know squad depth and who has you know uh, a, a advantage in the Premier League, but rather we need to be mindful of the players and the health and the safety of the players and not treating them like uh, I heard Jamie Carragher uh, uh, earlier today compare the treatment of of players to just you know like like raw meat. They're being treated like meat out there on the field. Um, very expensive meat that earns hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, every week. But yeah, <laughs> like, like Wagyu beef. <laughs> if you were a Premier League player, Mags, what kind of steak would you be? Um, no, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I do get I, I, I do get his point. I absolutely get his point. And it's interesting that this is coming the same week that uh, Heading has now been kind of banned in training because of uh, issues with CTE and, and stuff like that. It absolutely oh, wow. makes sense that we uh, that we uh, move to the, the five uh, substitution rule. Uh, and I don't understand the reasoning against against it. It makes very very. It makes me. It's baffling why they wouldn't. Because the more you can rest players, the the better uh, chance that they can have in in European competitions like this, and and there wouldn't be as much of a need to field weak and sad because you can give players forty five to sixty minutes before taking them off and, and giving them a rest. It's, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. Well, and and I'm not trying to trap you when I ask this question, but as a as a as a Burnley supporter yourself. I mean, there there has been maybe the argument from from other sides. Uh, I'll say maybe a West Ham United's David Moyes at one point he sided with the hey we're not we we will not support five substitutions. You know, as a smaller club, we <laughs> cheeky as a as as a club that would not normally have the advantage here. You know, uh, you know we feel as though five substitutions would would benefit teams like Manchester City and Liverpool more than it would you know for a club that maybe doesn't have. The, the depth and quality maybe mm-hmm. like a West Ham you know so as a, as a Burnley supporter uh, I mean I mean does does the five substitute rule still make sense to you or do you still feel so like that's only advantageous to, to, to Liverpool and to City I, I I see that point uh, the fact that Liverpool and City could could potentially play 16 world-class players uh, and 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 teams like Burnley and Brighton may struggle to get 16 actual players, uh, but there would still be the benefits of being able to, if especially for a, a team like Burnley, who's got a very small squad uh, and uh, and a couple of injuries can, can absolutely ravage our season and really put us on the back foot. The fact that we can rest some of those players halfway through a game and bring on some other players is it's it's an it's an advantage. Just because we can't field sixteen world class stars doesn't mean that that the the players that we've got should be uh, forced to to do ninety minutes week in week out. Um, resting them and uh, halfway through a match would be absolutely an advantage to Burnley. So I, I, I can kind of see his point that uh, you don't want to be up against 16 amazing players, but you also want to give have that extra opportunity to rest the players that you, you'll need for a grueling football season. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean these these are very good points, Mags, and I, and I appreciate uh, your point of view on them because I, I I think that uh, uh, you're in more in a more unique position to speak to it than I am. Uh, I mean I can I can talk all day about how we need to have five substitutions, but <laughs> when 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 you're on the other end of things, uh, you're going to call me biased, and I get that. That's fine, you know. I- <laughs> 
I'm all for the the ruling. I think it's a a sensible idea, uh, and I just can't understand why you wouldn't want to do it. Fair enough. Uh, let, let's uh, let's talk about some more uh, action here from yesterday. Uh, Krasnodar one, Sevilla two. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Sevilla kind of left this one a little bit late here. Surprisingly, uh, Sevilla are supposed to be these uh, these these kind of tournament experts, mags, and yet you know they 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 are seemingly only getting the results when they absolutely need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, especially when you open with, with such a great goal as, as uh, Rakitic's goal. Um, mm. But it, it's the... It's it's how teams teams win. If, you, if you're if you not particularly playing well and you can still be able to, to, to uh, squeak out a victory, um, then that, that's the sign of a, of a team that, that has a, has a chance. Um, but in a, it was always going to be Sevilla and Chelsea going through. Uh, Rennes and um, were always kind of the weak link, and Krasnodar obviously just enjoying the fact that they're in Europe in in the first place. Um, but yeah, a, a very late late goal for Sevilla, and I think it was Mania's first ever goal in Europe. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, twenty three shots they had, uh, eight on target, as opposed to. Uh, Krasnodar's uh, 11 shots. I mean, Krasnodar had a period in the game where they looked like they wanted to win the game. Um, mm. But unfortunately, th- this is how big teams, uh, when they're not playing so well, are able to have that little uh, kind of like one step up on their opposition and, and able to pull off the victory. Yeah. Um, that's definitely well said. Uh, over over in a, a different part of Spain here, uh, Barcelona... Uh, for Dinamo Kiev, uh, nil. Uh, even American Serginho Dest made it onto the score sheet here in this one. Um, actually opening the scoring for Barcelona in the 52nd minute, followed by uh, two goals, oddly enough, by Martin Braithwaite. Not, not that I have anything wrong uh, against Martin, uh, but uh, a little <laughs> bit unexpected there. Uh, I guess that's what rotation gets you, uh, isn't that? Um, and then uh, Antoine Griezmann uh, finished off the scoring uh, in extra time. Um, I mean, I, strangely enough, I had messaged you and asked if I should watch this game or if I should watch the, the PSG. <laughs> I picked uh, the wrong one for you. <laughs> the Leipzig game. Hey, I mean, it both were, both were fun games as I later found out, but yeah, this one, um, yeah, it turned out to be a late goal fest there from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, a, a very much, uh, weakened Barcelona side as well. And, it's interesting that the the Barcelona, as you put it in the in the the pre chat, the Barcelona like D team were was able to have a better performance against Kiev than than the A team were uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Last time out, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the goal from from Des was was uh, top quality. The, the way he carried on his run uh, and was able to put it across the keeper uh, and. Um, Braithwaite's a uh, couple of goals. I think he also was assisted for for Des, which means he's the, only the second ever uh, Danish player to to be involved in three goals in the Champions League, and then bringing on uh, the star of the show, uh, Antoine Griezmann, with the the lovely control and, and finishing the bottom corner. This was a dominant Barcelona performance, and um, they absolutely put uh, Dinamo Kiev to the sword. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll move right along here. PSG, RB Leipzig. I know we're not spending a lot of time on these games here, folks. So if you're in the chat here, get in. <laughs> Send us some messages. Let us know. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of games that we have to cover, so we have to move swiftly. Uh, PSG won, RB Leipzig nil. Neymar killed the game in the 11th minute with a penalty. Yeah, pretty much, and, and took a lot of pressure off, uh, of, off Thomas Tuchel. Um, yeah. I, was it even a foul? Was it even a foul? I don't believe it was. I think that uh, Angel de Maria dived and got the penalty. And Leipzig can be absolutely... They they should be so disappointed because they, they dominated for long periods of this game. Um, 
15 shots to to, to uh, PSG's eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Upamecano, uh, Forsberg, uh, and Sabitzer all came so close to scoring, uh, but they were just not able to uh, to to beat uh, Kayla Navas and. Yeah, uh, Paris Saint Germain have pulled out a lucky, lucky victory. Um, with the with the stars that they had on the field as well, though, they should have they should have dominated this game. And yeah, they just didn't turn up, but was able to pull out a, a lucky victory. Mm. Uh, Lazio three, uh, Zenit one. Uh, Ciro Mobley uh, gets a brace there, uh, including a 55th minute penalty. Um, not bad, not bad from Lazio, uh, who are, are doing fairly decently in Syria, it seems. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's good to see Lazio take advantage of these uh, results uh, as they can pick them up. Yep, yeah, and uh, it's good to see Chiro Immobile uh, back back in the in the team and and back scoring goals. Uh, he was he was the the difference in this game. He played so well. I mean, coming off, uh, I think he scored within three minutes uh, with a with a beautiful goal from outside of the box into the the top left. Uh, Ex Liverpool Lucas Leva uh, with the assist, but yeah, this was a, a dominant Lazio performance and. Yeah, great three points for them. Uh, speaking of dominant, uh, Erling Braut Holland oh. had a, a wonderful game for Bruce Dortmund, uh, beating Club Bruges 3 0. Uh, Jaden Sancho also on the score sheet here. Um, yeah, this is this is the Dortmund that I think that everybody should be afraid of uh, going mm-hmm. forward in the tournament. Um, it, it's going to be very, very difficult to come up against a team like this that's fielding both Jaden Sancho and Holland together, who have two very different skill sets, but both can accomplish a heck of a lot on mm-hmm. the pitch together. Yeah, this was as dominant a performance as you're going to see in the Champions League. 21 shots to two, eight on target. (laughs) Haaland scoring 15 Champions League goals in 12 games, which breaks the the last record by seven whole games. I think the record was held by uh, Ruben Nistelrooy and uh, Roberto uh, Soldado, uh, both took 19 games to get to 15 goals, and 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 Haaland has done it in 12. It's just this guy is 20 years old, and he's just smashing records left, right, and centre. Um, two great goals by him, and he was even frustrated that he got subbed off uh, to to lose the opportunity of of getting a hat trick. Uh, but the 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 best part of this game was the free kick by Sancho. Absolutely top draw. No keeper in the world is saving that. And yeah, it was just um, a very frightening performance by Brucey Dortmund. Indeed. Uh, let's see here. Farron Javaros won. Juventus 2. Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Alvaro Morata pretty much seal the deal here uh, for Juventus to, uh, I guess, progress into the next round of the tournament mags. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's that man Murata again stepping up and uh, and um, and being the difference maker. He's, uh, I think that was his fifth goal now in in this season's Champions League, uh, mm-hmm. and he was absolutely. Uh, it was a phenomenal game. Um, Ronaldo is so dominant. Everything good that that Juventus do usually goes through him, um, but. F- I've got to. I've got to heap praise on on Ferris Varas. These were this group's whipping boys, and they were able to to really stand up to to Juventus for long periods in this game, and even were able to get nine shots on on a, a strong Juventus uh, goal, which is re- really something commendable. But yeah, Juventus needed to get the victory out, and were were able to do that. And I think Quadrado had a really really good game as well because he was uh, he was at the front and centre of both goals. He, he was in the mix with the assists, so yeah, it was a a, a very professional, uh, albeit um, not outstanding uh, display by Juventus. Mm, indeed. Uh, let's see here. Moving right along, uh, what was a convincing performance here was Bruja Munchen Gladback 
uh, scoring four past Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, they uh, this includes a uh, goal from Briel Mbolo in the uh, in the in the first half. Uh, that was absolutely out of this world. Just a beautiful bicycle, overhead bicycle kick mm-hmm. uh, that, that went right into goal. Uh, certainly a, a spectacular goal. Perhaps even a goal of the week contender, Mags. I mean, perhaps he was very, very close to the goal when he, uh, it's not like he hit the bicycle kick from 25 yards away. He was, what, three, four yards out. So, Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but it was a, it was the first first half performance that killed this game off. Uh, Borussia were just so um, strong, and it on the on the stats, it's actually a pretty even game. I mean, it's forty seven percent possession to fifty three in favour of, of Donetsk, so they had the majority of the ball. In terms of shots, they were pretty even, but it was just the clinical finishing of, of um, uh, Gladbach that that was the difference. And yeah, they, they were they just dominated, and it's a, a, a good victory for them. We're getting to the point in the uh, in in the results here where. Uh, <laughs> Things started to get a little bit more violent throughout the day. Uh, Marseille uh, nil, Porto uh, two. Um, both sides ended up with red cards during the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Marco Grujic and uh, Leonardo Bellardi, uh, and respectfully. Uh, Porto did end up seeing the results out here, uh, even though Marseille took more shots, 11 shots uh, from for Marseille, 9 shots to Porto. Um, Marseille still sucks, it seems, Mags. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a... Porto were with the favourites going into this into this match, and and they did enough to to win the game. It's just a shame that it got to the the point where we were seeing people getting uh, double bookings and sendings off. But they 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 got the result that they needed to get. Um, just uh, Marco Grujic, the Liverpool player, showing his his typical scouser colours. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. Um, y- you know, here's here's a new one for me, Mags. Um, Inter Milan nil, Real Madrid two. Um, now Eden Hazard scored a penalty in the seventh minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Hakimi scored an own goal in the 59th minute uh, to his old club. So I guess I guess a little gift to him. He's been at fault for quite a few mistakes in the last in, in the legs between these two clubs here, Real Madrid and, and Inter Milan. He he's kind of been at fault for quite a few, uh, uh, I guess, poor performances. Uh, however, um, the heel of the game goes to Arturo Vidal, who um, protesteth a bit much. <laughs> I think Inter Milan can be lucky that only Vidal got sent off because, um, I, I mean, just to go back uh, to the Hakimi goal, I, I feel really, mm. I, I feel for the guy that he's been uh, awarded that as an on goal because th- nobody was stopping that shot of Rodrigo. Uh, and it took the very slightest of deflections off Hakimi. So I would have personally said that that should have been uh, awarded to Rodrigo as a goal. But yeah, again to Vidal, he tried to uh, he tried to simulate for a, a penalty, which was quite clearly nobody made contact with him. He then stormed the referee. I think the referee was about thirty yards away from him. He went over and stormed yeah. the referee. Um, yeah, he, he, four he, or five. Inter Milan players all surrounding this the the referee and he got a he got a booking for for his uh, for dissent for his attitude wouldn't let it go uh, squared up face to face with the referee and and he, he, he rightly got his marching orders yeah he rightly got his marching orders then <laughs> this is a guy who's what thirty four years old uh, played. <laughs> 
he's played at the the highest the highest uh, level of football possible, and he acted like a petulant child. Um, yeah, he he fully deserved that uh, his his, his uh, marching orders, and I'm shocked that nobody else on that interside got booked as well because players like Barella uh, were, were up in the in the referee's face as well. So Inter got exactly what they deserved. Hey, well, there you go. It's a that that's going to be a sad bowing out for uh, for Inter Milan there, and they are obviously not going to uh, progress here any further in the tournament. It seems uh, Bayern Munich also red card here today, even though they they picked up the victory against RB Salzburg three uh, one. Uh, Kingsley Coman, uh, Robert Lewandowski, and Leroy Sané all made it to the score sheet, uh, but Marco uh, Mark Roca. Rather, got uh, red carded in the 66th minute. Um, mm-hmm. Still a dominant was- performance by Bayern, though, in terms of possession. But they did concede the shots ratio, only 11 shots uh, to uh, Salzburg's uh, 19. Yeah, uh, Manuel Neuer, after um, a, a pretty poor week in terms of uh, the, Germ- the Germany and Spain result and then losing, uh, he-, he more than made up for it in this game because he was so, so good. Uh, pulled off some miraculous saves. Uh, mm. Marco Rocco making his Champions League debut uh, and then getting sent off uh, for two petulant challenges as well. Really no need for the first one. I think he stamped on on a, a player's foot uh, and and then second one, you'd think he would have stayed calm and kind of like uh, blend into the background and, and not close to all. But no, he went and, and did pretty much the same thing again and got himself sent off. Uh, but yeah, it was a dominant buy-in performance. Um, Lovodowski was 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 top drawer on that. Uh, Coleman's goal was uh, was was really good, and and Sané getting back on the on the score sheet. Um, yeah, this is this is still the team to beat in the Champions League for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Atletico Madrid nil. Locomotive Moscow wow. nil. How Atletico didn't score was beyond me. 20 <laughs> shots, 65% of the ball, 16 yeah. corners. Yeah, uh, a great performance by the locomotive uh, defense. Well, and, and what's strange is that this is not the first time that we've seen this out of this Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. side. They've, yeah. they've done it They've done it season after season after season. You think that they're going to pull off a win. They're going to they're gonna get a victory. They got one against Barcelona at the weekend. You know, uh, you think that they're going to, to pull away with some results here, and they just draw. And not only do they draw, <laughs> they draw nil-nil, even with these dominant performances. It's not very convincing to me. I mean, I, again, I'm not. I don't have a. I don't have a horse in the La Liga race here. But I mean, considering the uh, uh, the, the talent that Atletico Madrid have, it's it's shocking. Yeah, and there was even a a, a, a chance that fell to uh, I think it was Carrasco from a corner, uh, and it was easier for him to 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 score the goal than miss. But he was he just wasn't able to get the the ball in the net, and yeah. Uh, it's a it's a very very it's just typical of Atletico Madrid. They have uh, they get a, a good result and then they're unable to to follow up with another one. And and a, a locomotive will be glad of the the away Champions League point. Mm. Um, let me see here. Uh, last result here on the sheet: Ajax three, Michelin one. Uh, some really, really good goals here in this game, Ags. Uh, particularly uh, uh, Ryan Gravenberch uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the 47th minute. Excellent goal from him. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely been likened uh, to uh, a, a Paul Pogba. Um, uh, he's been likened to other players. Uh, he's certainly a, a very much a preeminent talent here uh, in this Ajax team. Yeah, it was a, it was a great goal, uh, and I think his was the 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 best work goal by one player. I think the other two goals for, for Ajax were really good team goals, uh, really well, like just tore the defence apart. A very uh, professional uh, display by this Ajax team. Uh, and the, there's so much talent comes through 
this squad. I mean, they they have often been kind of like um, raided for for top quality talent, and and we've seen that uh, earlier on in this season. But they're still able to produce outstanding players who are, are able to 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 dominate games. And uh, we know that Michelin were definitely the the the, the minnows of this group. And um, it's it's good to see them go out, going out with a fart and and not a. Uh, and not just bowing down to to the big clubs, they've they've really kind of uh, made a good showing of themselves uh, in this uh, in this tournament. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's um it's it's sad to see them out, but uh, Ajax were were absolutely dominant, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they can bring that dominance up against Liverpool. It, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to be it's a tight race up at the top there in that group between Liverpool, Atalanta and Ajax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm pretty confident in Liverpool's abilities, but uh, you know, we've seen more interesting, hap- thing, interesting things happen in the champions league. I think again, uh, Klopp rotated for a reason. We'll, we'll have to wait and see if it's paid off. Um, we'll, we'll move on to a uh, uh, goal of the show and player of the show here in just a moment. Uh, but I do want to, uh, throw out a little bit of it's, it's kind of sort of possibly a little a little bit of breaking news um it's been confirmed by multiple sources that uh, uh Napoli will be renaming their stadium in Diego Maradona's honor uh so it'll be um It'll be renamed uh, after Diego Maradona. What a fitting tribute! I I would say so as well. Uh, for for somebody who touched uh, the city of Naples, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's only right that they that they do that for uh, for for someone who brought such joy to the city. Um, Mags, I've got my player of the show and I've got my goal of the show. I have a feeling that I know yours as well, based on a little bit of the uh, the hints that you've dropped throughout the analysis of the Champions League games. But, I'm, <laughs> but 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 we'll see. We'll see if I'm right. Uh, who, what did you have as, uh, or who did you have as a player of the show? I think one player stood out head and shoulders above everybody of this uh, this uh, last couple of days in Champions League football, and it's uh, Bruno Fernandez. I think he w- he was absolutely outstanding for for Man United. Scored two uh, really good goals. Potentially could have had a hat trick. Uh, not only giving up the penalty for for Rashford, but also uh, with uh, with the the other uh, chances he had on, on goal. I just thought everything that was really uh, good went through him and Donny Van der Beek. I thought they were a brilliant uh, pairing. But obviously with uh, Fernandez getting two goals, I think he edged it over uh, Van der Beek for me. So yeah, I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandez. Well, that's so nice of you to charitably give that to a Manchester United <laughs> uh, player and squad. That's so nice of you, Mags. I think that that's it's really cool that you did that for this this special young man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean Bruno Fernandez, uh, two great goals. He, uh, I would say, even more more chivalrous than that. He uh, he he forwent. Uh, giving himself a hat trick and instead uh, uh, let's uh, spare us all uh, <laughs> having to see him take another penalty. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's a nice uh, fitting touch there, Mags. Um, I have uh, Manuel Neuer as player of the show for me yeah. um, because he's he survived uh, that red card. <laughs> He survived 19 shots on on the on goal. Um, yeah, I mean, he he kind of pulled together that team performance in the in the face, and then in the defiance of uh, you know uh, recent results uh, for Germany. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that he did a, a very very good job uh, in goal here today. Yep, it's a great pick. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you. What did you have as goal of the show? This is where I'm really curious. Who are you, what, what did you have for goal of the show? Okay, so uh, there were some, yeah, there were some uh, really good goals. Uh, I like Phil Foden's goal uh, because of how uh, how well uh, City worked as a team. Um, 
allowed uh, a couple of the goals from Ajax for, for pretty much the same reason. But I'm going to go with Jaden Sancho's free kick. I thought that was absolutely out mm-hmm. of top draw. Uh, getting it up and over the the wall, but still able to to put enough curl on it to get into the the very top corner was absolutely beautiful. And for it just highlights why Man United uh, were so desperate to to uh, clinch his his services and why Bayern were were so desperate to to keep hold of him. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Jaden Sancho. Hey, fair enough, man. Yeah, Jaden Sancho, uh, great player. Uh, he, that goal was, uh, I, I had a three goal short list and that, that was on the list here as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Jaden Sancho, uh, wherever he ends up, uh, whether it's next season or <laughs> at know, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool, possibly we'll see if he does, that'd be outstanding. I'm sure he would thrive at Liverpool. Um, but, uh, wherever he ends up, he's going to be, uh, definitely the crown jewel, uh, for that club. Mm-hmm. Um, also on my, my goal shortlist, I had a uh, real Mbolo's goal. I, I thought that that yeah. was a very, very good goal. Um, but I have to go with, uh, Ryan Graven Birch's goal, uh, his, his solo goal for Ajax today. I thought it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful solo goal. Very uh, much a, just a, mwah, just a wonderful piece of brilliance. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a From someone so young as well. I think he's the second youngest uh, Dutchman to, to score in, in the Champions League. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a brilliant, well, well-composed finish. Mm-hmm. I also I also like Rakitic's finish for Severe as well. Um hit it from maybe 25 yards out, uh, skimmed the grass, real kind of knuckleball shot where uh, he mm-hmm. put a lot of topspin on it and, and kept it kept it low. That was a good finish as well. I enjoyed that one. Indeed. Yeah, no, these are these are great goals, Mags. Uh, well, I'm glad that we got to cover this Champions League, and I'm, I'm glad that we also got to cover a little bit of the life and times of uh, uh, Diego Maradona. Uh, I thought I think that that was uh, that was really important. I, th- I hope that uh, I hope that you, the viewer uh, out there, uh, enjoyed that as well. Um, so hopefully, maybe we can do some some uh, some chopping on that uh, that 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 uh, that Maradona segment. Maybe get a nice little highlight in there uh, for the old YouTubes. Um, <laughs> uh, with that being said, Mags, where can the wonderful people out there find more of your content? Okay, well, you can find me, as it says down there, at DAJ Kerber. I have more podcasts than any one man should ever have, uh, but it's always a fun time, so come and check me out. Yeah, go and check out Mags. Mags works hard uh, at all sorts of podcasting projects. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's really kind of incredible. Um, I, I've never seen a man put in so much work uh, in, into the podcasting game as I have for Mags and uh, I read the coattails of these great producers. That's all. I'm just the face, I'm just the talent. I I mean, you you have a very very busy schedule, Mags. I I am simply honored that I get to spend a couple hours a week with you. Uh, just the pleasure is mine. <laughs> That being said, you can find me on Twitter at uh, TexasGentleman underscore. I also have a, another show on this network. Uh, as Mags does with five rounds, I have Headlock Talk, where you can find us talking about pro wrestling uh, on the weekends, which that's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, you can definitely check that out. It's awesome time. Uh, you can obviously follow us on Twitter as well, at Radio Techers, which you can find, I, I believe it's in that corner, right, right, right. Right, right over, right, so right there. I think I got it this time. It's just, it's right above that Mags. Corner. It's that right corner. above Mags. No, no, you had it right the first time. That way, it's 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 right above Mags. It's literally right there. Yeah, perfect. You got it. You nailed it. While we're giving you the thumbs up, make sure to give us a thumbs up. Like, share, and subscribe this video here. Tell your friends and family about Radio Techers. That'd be greatly appreciated. Sub to Shooting the Sports-ish on YouTube or wherever you are viewing this video. If you're watching this on Twitch, sub it on Twitch. We we need more subs on Twitch, honestly. Plus, I think we're only one sub away. Uh, from uh, uh, from 200 on YouTube, could you be number 200? 
if you go yeah. on, you know you want to do it, do it, do it, do it now. Okay, um, and and hit the bell uh, for notifications as well if you don't mind. That way, so you can get all of the shooting the sports ish, all of the ish. You literally get all of the ish mags uh, if you hit the bell for all notifications. And uh, yeah, check out also right above me here in this. Right, right there. That corner uh, over there. <laughs> that, that corner over there. Uh, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy covers all, a whole wide range of uh, sports, including uh, football, uh, but they also cover uh, basketball, baseball, um, NFL-style football, hand egg, if you will. Um, <laughs> they, they, they cover all sorts of daily fantasy sports, so check them out. Tell, tell them that Radio Techers and Shooting the Sports-ish sent you. Uh, that, that way, so you can get a nice, nice little, nice little bonus gift from us to you. Mm. Mm, very spicy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's enough of the plugs. Uh, you guys take care. Uh, thank you, of course, for choosing uh, uh, Radio Techers as your your evening listening. And uh, yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving for those of you here stateside. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye, Megs. Y'all, y'all take care. Bye bye.